Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right. So All-Star Weekend wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. And, I, you know, I hate to be the grumpy old man. That's actually not true. I love being the grumpy old man. Although, on this particular thing, you know, I have this, like, I have two Dans that live within me. There are two wolves inside Dan. I am both someone who likes to present everything on this podcast in a positive light. You guys know I don't like to do a lot of the, like, this thing sucks, this thing sucks kind of thing. I, I just, this is not my, it's not my persona. I know that that's, like, that makes for better radio if I'm just constantly clowning on stuff, but it's just not me. It's not me. I'm usually trying to see the positive in a lot of stuff as I bash my microphone stand into my mixer. I'm trying to see the positive. I try to make fantasy fun. I try to simplify it so that we can all have fun together. And I don't want to say as far back as I can remember because as a little kid, I didn't pay attention to All-Star Weekend. I didn't. I was a kid. Kids, like, how I don't remember what age I started to know the actual schedule of the teams I was following, but it wasn't when I was a little kid. It was probably like high school. Oh, this team plays on this day. I started fantasy sports my freshman year of college, which is later than a lot of folks. I get it. But that's also 23 years ago now because, you know, I'm an old man. Uh, and as far back as that, so basically as far back as I can remember on, on the collegiate side, I think a bit hazy in there, All-Star Weekend was kind of a holiday. Like a fun one, not like a take-a-break holiday for me. I loved it. My roommates and I would gather around our very large cathode ray tube television. That thing had a big old butt on it. You guys remember those TVs? That we had to, you know, two, three of us needed to carry it into the apartment. We pooled like $400 together between four or five of us. Oh, it was a big deal, man. We went down to the local... TV Mart. I don't remember where we got it. Circuit City. <laughs> Probably Best Buy. I don't know what existed in 2002, I guess, that that was at that point. We got a big old television. We loaded it into our apartment. We had a big old uh, hand-me-down entertainment center. That thing probably cost a grand total of $70. I don't remember where we got that joint. Craigslist was just being a thing. It's just coming around. We'd gather around. We would partake. I was a college man. I went to Cal. What do you look at this? I got Oski on my hat. What do you think I did during my college days? And we would just giggle the night away with NBA All Star Weekend. We start right from the moment that those 
hilarious clowns on TNT would pop on our screens, and it's basically the same dudes now, plus Shaq, minus Shaq back then. Shaq was playing. I was great. We just laughed the whole night away, Saturday in particular. Even then, we didn't give a crap about Sunday. All-Star Game was on in the background, but we were doing other stuff. We had a computer set up in the corner of the living room to the right of the entertainment center that we called our guest portal. We were very nerdy. We went to Cal. What did you expect? We didn't mess around on that. I had a roommate who would like you to do, you know, high kid projects uh, when the All-Star Game was on, like, in, like finding a, a, a projector on a secondhand mart and bolting it into the roof of our apartment living room. And then also, he went and he found, you know, two very narrow four-foot pieces of, of plywood, I think it was, and two very narrow eight feet. And he fashioned a screen out of it. He got some white sheets at uh, uh, whatever the cheapest place was. And he got a few of those and he wrapped it around this thing. So he created a projector screen that he hung through some eye loops both on the ceiling and the walls so that we could actually raise and lower it like a pulley system and it would sweep up. So this is the kind of stuff that my roommates were doing during the All-Star game. While I was sitting there like, well, that's interesting of you guys. Congratulations on your achievement. All of this to say, I've been a massive fan of All-Star Saturday. I've worked a long time to convince my wife to be interested in All-Star Saturday. She, there's no way she's going to pay attention to the games all season long. It's too much. She says, why do you guys even watch the first 47 minutes of these games? And I say, because it's freaking fun. Uh, then, it's, you know, some people only care about who wins. That's fine. I get it. Uh, but she likes the dunk contest. She likes the three-point contest. I worked really hard to make that a thing. And this year, this year for the first time since my sophomore year, of undergrad, again, 2002, I didn't watch the whole thing live. I didn't watch the whole thing after the fact. I watched the highlights. Caught the end of the dunk contest live. Watched highlights of the three-point contest. That was basically it. And so it's weird to then go into a podcast where I'm going to be talking about All-Star Weekend without having watched the entirety of All-Star Weekend. But that in and of itself is the point of this discussion that I, at Dan Bespris, that's right, my name is an at symbol at the front now, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a sportsethos.com presentation, this is, by the way, how I'm introducing the show today, that I, lover of all things basketball, didn't care. There is no perfect solution to how you fix this. But all I know now, and for a long time, I kept batting back on that, that idea that it's completely broken. It's broken. It's broken. I am the easiest customer for NBA All-Star Weekend, and they couldn't even get me to care. I follow the NBA news every second of every day, and I didn't know the people in the three-point contest. How is that possible? I follow every freaking tidbit of NBA news day after day after day, and I didn't know who was in the three-point contest. And I knew three of the four people in the dunk contest. You want to know who I knew was in it? Jalen Brown. Because they made a big stink about the fact that a player with actual name recognition was in the dunk contest. Remember that. Keep that in the back of your dome. 
because that's critical here. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Stephen A. Smith had a rant about how LeBron James ruined the dunk contest. And everybody's telling Stephen A. that uh, he's crazy. I have said that same thing, not on this podcast, but to anybody that would listen to me since, oh, what year was that? It was probably like 14 or 15 years ago now. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Uh, I don't even remember what team LeBron was on at this point. Mind you, I'm a huge LeBron fan ever since Draymond kicked him in the balls. From that moment, Draymond kicked LeBron so hard in the nads that he stopped giving a bleep about anybody else. Like, real LeBron. Screw you all. I'm done playing your stupid games. I'm going to be me. From that moment on, I've loved LeBron. This happened before that. LeBron was courtside. Some dunk contest. I don't remember which freaking one it was. How can I keep these years together? And they interviewed him right in the middle of the dunk contest. Right smack, like in between dunks when there's all that downtime. And they were like, LeBron, what do you think? And he's like, this is great. I'm having a great old time. Blah, blah, blah. He said a few things. Uh, there were a lot of years there where every time they asked LeBron something, he said how humbled he was by it, which is like, dude, I don't think you understand what this means yet. Now he says it because he's breaking all-time records. That moment, in that moment, LeBron said, maybe I'll do this thing next year. I wonder if there's anybody out there that remembers that moment as clearly as I do. I think I was still in my college apartment when it happened. So I think this was like as many as like 17 years ago. How long is LeBron in the NBA? No, maybe it's not. Maybe I wasn't in my college apartment anymore. Maybe I was in it was in Visalia or something. I don't think I was back in Bakersfield yet, though. So I don't think it was within the last uh, 13 years. He said, maybe I'll do this thing next year. You guys think he did it the next year? William in the chat room remembers this happening. I remember this clear as a bell. Clear as a bell. Because it happened and I went, ooh. And then we all, many of us, many of us that remembered him saying it, sat, bated breath for a calendar year. Is this going to be the season that LeBron brings the stars back to the dunk contest? Nope. And from that moment on, there's almost been no hope. We had some really cool years uh, with Nate Robinson against Dwight Howard. Honest to goodness, I couldn't tell you what year that was. I don't remember. I can, I mean, I can Google it right now. When did Nate Robinson win the dunk contest? Uh, 2006, 9, and 10. This is around that same general area. Those were fun. Because, you know, Nate Robinson was what? Like 5'9", five 5'10", five something like that. And he's dunking. That's crazy, by the way. You know how far away I am from being able to dunk? That dude, that dude was basically my height. And Dwight Howard had a couple of fun ones in there, like when you put the sticker of his face on the backboard. That was hilarious. 
But why did those work? Because you had actual personalities in the dunk contest. I mean, Nate Robinson wasn't a superstar at the NBA, but he was an extremely recognizable face. So you don't need, like, the highest paid players in the NBA to be in the dunk contest. You need ones that people can associate with basketball. How many freaking people knew that Obi Toppin had another, had a brother in the NBA? Jacob Toppin. I heard that and I thought, oh, is Obi wearing a, a funny Cliff Paul mask? I mean, okay, fine. Like, yes, obviously I knew that Jacob Toppin existed. But I know a lot of people were just like, who? Mac McClung is actually a lot of fun. And you can make an argument that he belongs in these things because he can actually do dunks that other people can't. But like, Jaime Jaquez Jr.? We've talked about him 300 times on this podcast as, ooh, can this guy have fill-in fantasy value when Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero are both hurt for the Miami Heat? That is not the profile of the player you want driving your marquee event on All-Star Saturday. I don't need the dunks to be perfect. I need the story to be compelling in any tiny fashion. So shout out to you, Jalen Brown, Cal grad. Gotta have my Cal hat on for this one. Shout out to you, Jalen Brown, for being an actual recognizable NBA face that participated in the dunk contest. And people are pissed that he made the finals of the dunk. I mean, like, I don't care if he beat the other guys. He needs to be in the finals of the dunk contest because otherwise, no one will have any idea what the hell they're looking at. So how do you fix the dunk contest? This is the easy one. Get some dudes in that that anyone's heard of before. I've seen on Twitter people are like, just turn it like the G League dunk contest is better. We don't actually care if the dunks are better. We only care if we know who the people are. I promise you. You could put four very famous people in the dunk contest and they could do one, two, three, four. They could do six, uh, 12 I think it's 12 total dunks, right? Eight in the first round, four in the second round. I can do this math. Then you do 12 dunks that are pretty average, and people will enjoy it a lot more than whatever they're getting right now. Look at the freaking board behind me. This fantasy draft from 2020. Look at the first four rounds on this board and pick basically any four names from those, and you'll have a more compelling dunk contest. Or which side is this on? It's this side. Freaking Aaron Gordon. Even Aaron Gordon is more well is well known enough and a, was a very good dunker to be compelling. We need we need starters. We had one NBA starter in the dunk contest. Just give me someone out of a starting five. This one ain't that hard. Shout out by the way to Pete. Here's the YouTube link to LeBron saying he's doing the dunk competition. That that ish bleep that pissed me off for a decade. I was mad at LeBron for 10 years after that moment. Not because I needed him to be in it, but because I needed him not to say he was going to do it and then not do it. Don't give people the idea that you're going to go save the dunk contest because then we're always going to be holding out hope that someone like that was going to do it. He never had any intention of doing it. And by the way, this is going to be my strong thoughts on actual All-Star Sunday because that's the very flip side 
of all of this stuff. If you want people to care about the dunk contest, you must put four people in it that we have heard of, or at the very least, three and one Mac McClung who can jump over Shaquille O'Neal, which was a really cool dunk. But I doubt how many, I doubt anybody was watching at that point because we were like, what do I care about Jaime Jaquez and Jacob Toppin? Sorry, guys. You guys, I'm sure are, you're, you're definitely better than 99.99% of basketball players in the universe. But if I ain't heard of you, then most of the general public definitely hasn't heard of you. And this, again, is not meant to pick on those guys. That just happens to be the most recent example. If you want a good dunk contest with people we haven't heard of, they have to do the most insane dunks of all time, and they have to do them fast. That's a very narrow eye of a needle if we're going to shoot this sucker through it. Or make the target bigger. I don't care. I'm going to point in a random... Like, you guys don't... I'm bad at figuring out which arm is doing what. This is my right arm here, so it's mirror imaging on the screen. Boom. I don't know who I'm pointing at. Who's that? Is that Jimmy Butler? (laughs) He's not going to do it. His body will explode. You put Jimmy Butler in the dunk contest, people will watch. Uh, I pointed at Ben Simmons. Bad choice, Dan. Uh, John Morant. You don't think John Morant in a dunk contest would move the freaking needle? Everybody would watch that thing. You need to put a face of the NBA in the dunk contest if you want anybody to care. And it's going to be hard because these guys don't want to get hurt doing a dunk contest. But if you want to save All-Star Weekend, that's your only hope. For the dunk, at least. Point number two. The three-point contest. That's my favorite event of All-Star Weekend. I am angry because I didn't see almost any pre-coverage of it. Generally, my timeline is filled with people talking about who's in the three-point contest. I don't know. There was a big old push to get Malik Beasley in it, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? Great. Congratulations on getting Malik Beasley in the in the three-point contest. That was a needle mover. The three-point contest does have stars in it because they know they ain't going to get hurt doing it. But they screwed it up this year because they didn't promote it properly. I don't know why. I really don't. I don't think that one really needs much fixing. I think the three-point contest is fun as hell. Stop adding these stupid Mountain Dew extra balls because I want to be able to compare the scores now to what guys did 25 years ago. Don't change the rules. They didn't need weird tweaks. We don't need a three-point ball. We don't need a bright green three-point ball so the scores get goofball inflated and guys get two extra... Like, it's the same thing with baseball. I don't need to compare 162-game seasons to 160 and 150-game seasons from days gone by. I want this crap to be comparable. And it ain't that hard to just give dudes 25 basketballs. If there's a money ball, there's a money ball. If there isn't, there isn't. I don't care, but let's keep the damn rules the same so we can compare shooters now to shooters then. How many balls did you make? It doesn't need to be. We don't, like, no gimmicks. Stop with the gimmicks. If you want to fix the three-point contest, remove the gimmicks. Continue to get stars in it, because that part they've done a good job of. These, these shooters love to shoot. And again, there's really almost no risk of injury participating in a three-point contest other than their pride. This one's an easy fix. Standardize the rules and promote it better. These are the ones you actually have superstars in. This should be easy. NBA account. 
Just post clips of all of your best shooters and say, watch the three-point contest at, you know, whatever it was, 5.30 Pacific time on Saturday night. That's an easy one. I want to talk about All-Star Sunday, and then I want to talk about the thing the NBA did right, actually, over All-Star Weekend. So All-Star Sunday is, uh, in my eyes, it's actually a pretty easy fix, which I know sounds nuts because no one seems to have the answer here. I have the answer. Don't worry, guys. It didn't take me that long to figure it out. So, you know, I don't need credit when they do it. The answer is, well, you had two. You had two paths you can go on. Path number one is convince these guys to care. Does any of us actually think you're going to convince these guys to care? There isn't a player in the NBA that is as manic as the late Kobe Bryant. None of these guys is going to care about the All-Star game the way he did. Kobe wanted to rip your soul out no matter what you were doing. These are like... There are just a handful of guys over the years that have a lore like this. Jackie Robinson was one of them. I don't know if you guys have ever heard some of the old clips uh, that Vin Scully talking about calling Jackie Robinson games when he first made the bigs and how he, like, wanted to race Vin Scully in a pool. You know, the Dodgers broadcaster. Jackie, I think you're going to win. He wanted to beat everyone at everything. Kobe, MJ. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that these are some of the greatest players in their games ever. But point is, you're not going to get... What, what are we talking about? Uh, baseball, basketball combined, what, what do we have? A handful? Five fingers? Can you count them on one hand? How many people, humans, are wired at that level of crazy to want to just destroy you no matter what you're doing? Whether it's the finals or like Wordle. <laughs> and they say oh this you know this generation of players is wired different it wasn't like everybody wanted to destroy the other person in the all-star game 30 years ago there were just like a couple and that was all it took and then everybody else sort of like fell in line because you didn't want to lose the game for the one guy that actually cared about it so yeah you probably need like you know two or three guys that really truly not just say they care about it but actually truly care about it I got bad news for you guys. It ain't happening. Whether it's just the era we're in, uh, the risk of injury, that to me is probably the biggest part of it. None of these guys wants to get hurt playing in a game that doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. They're not going to care about the All-Star game. And baseball did a stupid thing that they have had to since abandon, which was make the All-Star game worth something. And then in a fan vote All-Star game, where you have all of these, like, legacy players, you know, 41-year-old whoever's who can barely hit a baseball anymore, and they're throwing 88 instead of 97, they're in there in an all-star game now that's deciding the World Series. No. No. That ain't gonna work. Baseball saw it. It failed miserably. You cannot attach a motivational angle that way to the game. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, 
Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Could you put money on the line? Yeah, you could. But one of the big reasons that the in-season tournament money worked as a motivator is because guys like LeBron badly wanted to win four hundred grand for a dude on the team who made half of that. So like some dude on a $200,000 contract or some guy on like a two-way deal, that guy walking into four hundred grand, that's life-changing. LeBron walking into four hundred grand, I mean, like think of what that dude has in a bank account accruing if he has a decent financial investor, somewhere between like 5 and 10% interest annually, between what he's actually making and what is being made just by existing money, that's nothing. The guys in the All-Star game are largely max contract or right on their way to max contract guys. I don't know what the whole roster was. I couldn't look it up before the show because, honestly, I'm tired. It's a holiday, so I'm not going to go through every one of those guys. But I would guess that 80 to 90% of the guys in the All-Star game don't really care about making an extra couple hundred grand. They don't. They'd rather it go to charity, and then you're right back to that whole, like, do are they going to care? No. So you can't convince them to care for no reason. I don't think you're going to be able to convince them to care for any amount of money that's not a ridiculous amount that makes the whole event a net negative financially for the NBA. So your only choice is the following. Turn the All-Star game into... Full-on silly. Lean into it. And the NBA did a little bit of that on the rest of this All-Star weekend. This is not one of the things where I'm going to give them a ton of credit, but, like, take a couple of things they did in the celebrity game. There was an NBA Jam, like, four-point spot that just lit up on the court. That's a great idea for the actual All-Star game. I mean, I do the Elam ending and all that stuff, but, like, again, is the team actually going to care all that much? I think these guys care more on All-Star Sunday, about doing, you know, goofy crap that they could never do in a game. Someone on Twitter said you could make the All-Star Sunday like a skills competition. Yeah, I think you could probably bake that into the game. It's going to take a lot of work. Like, you'd have to install a lot of stuff in, a, in an NBA court to make it happen. But I think it'd actually be pretty funny if, like, a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube band came up out of the court and tried to whack a ball out of a player's hand, or if you, like, had to go around a series of cones or shoot from half court, or, like, you know, a half court shot should be worth eight points. When Dame pulls up and drains one from there, it shouldn't just be him taking another three-pointer. It should be worth more. And if a team makes three shots in a row, make it like NBA Jam. Make them on fire. They can shoot from anywhere, and it doesn't matter what happens. They get three points for it. Make an on-fire shot. Make an invincibility mode. I don't care what you do. Come up with all of the most insane ideas and just try them. Grab a handful. Screw a handful. Grab like two bodies worth. Grab a whole bucket of darts and just flip them at a wall. I don't have the answer there. I don't know what all these silly ideas are going to be. But that 
is the way you get people watching All-Star Sunday again. You put the best players in the world who badly don't want to injure themselves, and now they don't have to. They don't want to bang into each other on defense. They don't want to have to go up high for a rebound and risk turning an ankle. When they dunk, they don't want to do a dunk that, you know, they're going to land weird on a knee. So give them incentives to do silly crap for bonus points. You could attach monetary gain to doing some of this stuff. Oh, you know, if, like, there's a dot that pops up on the court. I liked, actually, that weird interactive court. They did some really, like, beyond goofy crap with it, and I think we could make that fun going forward. Uh, have a spot pop up that's just like a green cash bag. And if a player runs onto that, boom, buries a shot from the cash bag, 10 grand falls out of the freaking sky in the stands. You don't think people are going to get into that? Hell yeah, they would. Also, they'd fall in love with the player who did it. I keep using Dame because he was the MVP and he had a half-court shot, but, like, it could be anybody. Who do you want? Take a, take a 60-footer from the opposite end of the court that's got a big cash bag on it, and if the player makes the 60-footer, basically a full-length of court shot, effectively, and drills it in the All-Star game when they're standing on the cash bag, yeah, money rains out of the heavens. That'd be sweet. Give me all of that stuff. So forget NBA Jam. I want to go beyond that. Get the fans involved. I want a t-shirt to pop up on the court. And, and maybe on when these things pop up, it actually says on the dot what you have to do. So the dot pops up at center court, and it's a t-shirt, and it says alley-oop. So someone's got to throw an alley-oop pass from, from mid-court, from the logo. And the person taking off has to take off from a different spot that has the same little graphic on it. If you complete the alley-oop, then someone fires t-shirt cannons across the, like, fire across the court. Like, we got to go full loony bin mode. The players will love it, I can promise you, because, again, they're not in any danger of hurting themselves. They don't have to compete harder. It no longer matters who wins, but you can attach something to the winner. And right now, the thing that's attached to the winning side is that their player gets the MVP award. So if there's one guy that wants it, they're going to want their team to win. But they're not going to compete all that hard. Or, screw it, put one of these things like, uh, I use t-shirt, I use money already, I don't know what else there is. Put like a, a hot dog, <laughs> put a graphic of a hot dog right in front of a bucket that says block a shot. So you got to get somebody in there to fly swat a shot away. And if that dude fly swats a shot away on a hot dog logo, then like a thousand hot dogs in little parachutes fall out of the, ski the ceiling into the crowd. Tell me people wouldn't go crazy for this. I'd be sitting at home crapping my pants in with delight as money and hot dogs rain out of the sky. You don't think people would watch that on their TV? Oh, hell yeah, they would. Watch that. I'd watch the absolute crap out of that. Because the game would probably have to stop for the money, maybe for the hot dogs, maybe for the parachuting hot dogs, definitely for the money, maybe for the parachuting hot dogs. As the cameras now pan to the crowd and see rabid Indianapolisites climbing over each other for $6 and a wiener. Boom! Problem solved. I do want to give the NBA a little bit of credit this weekend because I've been clowning on how All-Star Weekend sucked. But I'm telling you, man, if somebody came into next All-Star Weekend was like promoting the fact that money is going to be blasted into the crowd if the NBA player can hit a 45-foot three-pointer at exactly this moment, 
You got it. It's like power-ups. Put power-ups on the court. Treat it like a video game. Better than NBA Jam. Because instead of just getting an extra point in a game they don't care about, you involve the crowd in it. You involve the viewers in it. There you go. Uh, somebody, somebody can make a perfect swish from 37 feet, as in no rim, straight through, on a logo that has a digital dollar sign on it, then anybody watching that game live in that moment can text the number for a chance to win some money. Or anybody that does it. Eddie says you go 1v1 like NBA street style. You could have that break off in the middle of an all-star game. In fact, you should have to. Because we've got this court. Boom. All the lights turn off and two spotlights hit one player on each side. Boom. One spotlight hits LeBron. Boom. One spotlight, spotlight hits Giannis. Right in the middle of the all-star game. Everybody else has to just leave the court. And LeBron and Giannis go one-on-one. -on -one, first to three points. Whoever wins it gets to choose a prize for their team or for the audience. And everybody in the audience can split into an east and west. There's so many crazy ways we can mess with this thing. I think we got to do it. But I, again, I do want to give the NBA a tiny bit of credit because the uh, Steph v. Sabrina was very cool. Even if uh, Kenny Smith was so beyond off his rocker. Like, I, Kenny Smith and Reggie Miller need to be banished to... Uh, whatever. I failed to make this Thor Ragnarok reference on the last show, and I'm going to screw it up again. Uh, they, they were just... I mean, Reggie Miller is always awful. Reggie or uh, Kenny Smith was is usually decent, but he was he was way off with this one. Like, you could see Kenny had no idea how to talk about a woman playing basketball. There was like some really creepy old man stuff going on. Uh, but that was cool, having this thing that all of us in our bodies are just like, yes, boys versus girls. From the age you turn four. Until the day you die, you have this weird desire in your heart to see boys versus girls in something. Even if we actually want to see them all succeed, you still wanted to see it. It was theater. So kudos for the to the NBA for giving us theater. And Sabrina's freaking good. Like, there's no doubt about that. She lost a step by what, three points? Yeah, she can shoot. And I thought the floor was fun. And I go, I know that what I'm saying almost doesn't make sense because it's like, Dan, your, your inconsistency and in all this stuff doesn't add up. But that's the thing. You need to do different stuff to save different parts of All-Star Weekend. Three-point contest, you need to keep it pure. Dunk contest, you need star power. The floor, get weird. Who cares at the floor? Like, that's silly. And All-Star Sunday... Make it the most insane crap you have ever seen in your life. Make it a reality show mixed with a video game, but starring the absolute greatest basketball players in the universe. There can be two minutes in the middle of the second quarter where they're no longer playing with a basketball. Where a, a thing comes up out of the ground, like American Gladiator style, and they have to go get, like, a freaking dodgeball and just blast four players on the other team. Like, I mean, really turn this into a spectacle. 
We can't have everybody getting hurt, because that'll ruin it, and then no one will ever let us do it again. But pure spectacle on Sunday. Y'all can thank me later. Tomorrow! Uh, the rest of the shot. Oh, there you go. Consecutive shots count as more. Yeah, if you get hot, you get more points. I love it. But I want every single thing they do. Good idea, William. I want everything that happens on All-Star Sunday to be tied into something the crowd can be involved in somehow. I want us caring as little as possible what the score of the game is and as much as possible about what ridiculous crap they're being forced to do in the middle of a quote-unquote basketball game. Here's my rant. I'll watch next year. If you give me that stuff, give me some of that stuff I'll watch next year. But we got to give up on turning Sunday into an actual basketball game. It's not going to happen. You're not going to convince these guys to care. You got to go the other direction. The rest of this week, we've got some fun shows for you planned. Uh, we got some looks at the second half. Second half, I know we're, we're two-thirds of the way through the NBA season now. So basically, the last third. A little bit more than that, I think. Uh, we'll take a look at the last third of the NBA season. We'll look at some playoff stuff. We'll look at some stash stuff. Uh, we'll look at some buys and sells that are, are coming in hot here. And then again, we don't have games until Thursday. So uh, we got some time to kill. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. Take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. And come hit me up over on social at Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Would love to hear your thoughts, too. If you guys want to throw some other ideas in the mix, you can throw them into the comments section over on YouTube after the show. And uh, that'll be that. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Happy President's Day, everybody. See you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 